Welcome to the Coach Cahill Show, an audio masterclass on how to move the needle on your performance and impact as an athlete, parent, or coach. Here's your host, Coach Cahill. What's up, Coach Nation? I'm here to talk to you today about Paul Woodside. Paul Woodside saved my kicking career, and he didn't even really know it. I came across him in a book by Wall Street Journal uh, author Stephen Fatsis, A Few Seconds of Panic. Long story short, Fatsis, a Wall Street Journal reporter, goes to Denver Broncos training camp in 2006-2007 to report on what it's like to be a kicker. And to train him, he comes across Coach Paul Woodside, who trains out of Northern Virginia. Even though I never got to work in person with Coach Paul Woodside, the way he spoke about kicking really applied not only to football, but to life, about how to get out of your own way, how to trust yourself more, and more importantly, to detach yourself from your sense of self-worth with what you do as a player versus who you are as a person. So not only has Coach Woodside helped me out, but he's helped out countless other high school, college, and NFL specialists. I highly recommend this episode, especially for coaches and people who are trying to help Uh, kickers out but if you might find benefit from it if you play a cerebral position as well such as you know tennis or golf or anything like that thank you very much and enjoy coach woodside how did kicking find you this was in the late 60s 1960s for those who are obviously much younger and i'm sitting around with my family and back in the day the televisions only had four stations in the dc area and there was a game on between the miami dolphins were playing at kansas city and my childhood idol was a gentleman by the name of jan stenerud and he missed a 31 yard field goal and the tie salesman for the Dolphins made one and the Chiefs their season ended and the Dolphins went on and so on and so forth so at that moment I was a a little soccer player but I just became fascinated with being able to hit a funny shape ball yeah I I think that that moment I had was when I saw Vinatieri kick the uh the, that field goal in the snow, the 43-yarder. Against the Raiders, absolutely. Never had any interest in kicking or even football before that. And I saw that, and I was like, man, that looks really cool. And then, uh, <laughs> j- yeah, that bug just kind of bites you. Um, so talk to us a little bit about uh, your experiences as a player in high school. How did football help you um, through high school? How did it help you in college? You... Um it's pretty funny that you asked that because when you are in something or trying to go through something, you don't really understand everything that's going on when you're in it. And so um, you don't fit in with the rest of the team back in the seventies when all you do is kick you're on the team and you know, they have to do what they have to do to help you out to block for you. But, But as far as, being a football player where you're not involved in hitting and tackling it's it's almost like a conversation that you're 
around, you're listening to, but you're not engaged in. So it's just something I love to do to kick. And it's people back in high school, your teammates, your coaches, anytime you do something well, people appreciate it, even if you don't understand what you're doing and how you're doing it as well. And so our high school team was good, but we didn't really have a lot of experience, a lot of success. Um, but back in the day, college boosters could recruit. And so they would come to high school games and they would contact different schools. And so I had a 50 yard field goal in high school. And next thing I know, I'm meeting one coach from WVU and um, knew nothing about college football, nothing about college sports or anything of the kind. I just loved to kick. And so that was a stepping stone. And um, you move on to college. Again, you don't understand because even back in the day, you could audition. And so I remember I went to meet with a coach on August the 8th, 1981, had not found a school yet and went down on the field with him to kick. And um, he kind of liked what he saw and came back up on the 11th, but didn't understand what it was about. So my mom had to drive me up and I didn't understand this meant that I was staying in college. So then she had to drive all the way back to DC, pick my stuff up, drive me back to West Virginia. So she didn't get much rest, but she was happy that I was gone because her hair stopped turning white. <laughs> um, and so that's the life of a walk-on. <laughs> yeah. And, and so you played at West Virginia University. You had some great moments. Um, I'm curious, you know, you work with, you've worked with tons of kickers at all levels and there's very few, I'm, I'm pumping you up here because I know you won't do it because you're too humble. There's very few NFL guys who don't know who you are. Um, and you have a lot of, and I guess this will be the more of the topic we'll talk about today because it's just audio, but why do kickers, why can't kickers seem to get out of their own way? Most kickers are already really good, and I'm sure you, you haven't you've encountered very few kids who don't have an ability to kick. Um, they just can't seem to get out of their way. Why do you think that is? Um, that's a great and interesting question. Um, my wife was a gymnast and so we were actually talking about this yesterday and with her and the sport, there's always risk involved. And so the challenge keeps you focused because anything can go wrong at any time. The biggest challenge for kickers is complacency and meaning they don't get too many reps too often. And so the idea is to make the most of them. And 
you're always trying to prove your metal, your worth. And so be it kick the ball harder or kick it higher or something that even if you have the position, there's this thing of trying to re-earn the position or prove yourself. Um, and so the complacency, whether you have success where it's hard to do one at a time and do an etch-a-sketch and you do the kick and then erase it from your memory or if you do a kick miss the kick and then you think the next kick you have to make up for your last kick and then you find yourself flatlining it so it's kickers can't get out of their own way because either they don't train their mind well enough or they they aren't excited about the kick i've had one guy that can make kicks long kicks at the end of games and he can miss short kicks when their team is up by 20 hmm. because he treats the easy kicks in his mind as a routine kick that I didn't that he didn't think he could miss and the harder more challenging kicks are the ones that all of a sudden he wakes up to he rises up to the challenge rather than failing to stay engaged in the moment if you will right huh that, that's interesting I, i've heard other stories like that too where for like the first Alabama's first game of the year, they always play some team they're going to probably blow out. Sure. So it's funny because if you watch the kickers on those of the teams that are playing the Alabamas or the Clemsons that first opening week, usually the kickers and punters have really great games. And if you talk to them afterwards, it's like, well, I knew it really didn't matter how I kicked because we were still going to lose by like 70 points. Sure. It's almost like um, they, if they knew that there was, no consequence for their swing they could finally kind of relax and enjoy it sure. um is that something that you find is more do you find that kickers tend to get all right if you have a kid who because we have a lot of coaches who listen and probably parents who like want to help their kickers or their kids out but they're not sure how um if you have a kid who is kind of in a tailspin it's not an ability thing. It's a head thing. How would you correct the problem? How would you go about kind of writing the ship with them mentally? The, the hardest thing is to get is not be emotionally attached to your kicks. Um, everybody else is. So you have, everybody wants to see the standard for everybody else is the scoreboard. Did you change the scoreboard? Either you did or you didn't. And so one of the things that I've started with is if I'm working with a new athlete, the first thing I do is stick a book in their hands and they look at me like I forgot to take my meds or something because what does this have to do with kicking? Because what you're talking to them about which they don't understand is a great word 
the capacity for them to be able to do what they're doing and increase the capacity over time. If they make kicking a physical transaction only, where the mindset then is might equals right, rather than right equals right. If they're taking a test in school and it's on a piece of paper, how hard they write the answer on the piece of paper and rip the paper doesn't make the answer right more right if they hand the test in and the paper's ripped up because they were writing through the paper. How hard you put a chess piece on the board doesn't make any impact. And so the problem is their conscious mind gets in the way. Either they're going on the field kicking to not miss or kicking to prove something. Um, I just had a, another hip replaced because of my bad technique 30 years ago. And the anesthesiologist that obviously they're going to put you under, his focus is being able to do the shot in the right place. <laughs> um, it's not that he's emotionally attached to me, the patient. He, he does his study and then he trusts what he's doing. The same thing with a pilot. You know, any other profession is, it's not effort-based, it's excellence-based. And part of the excellence is you make the kick prior to stepping out on the field, it's realized on the field. And if there's obviously what you're talking about is routine and rhythm and their rhythm is upset because it's not about desire and they're everything's in their conscious mind because they're they haven't tempered their mind grown their mind expanded the perfection of their their the i'm sorry not the perfection of their mind their their understanding that you just have to like you said perfectly to get out of your way to let it go and if you can do it once it shows you can do it if you're not doing it it Consistently, it's your training in your mind, your skill, or your physicality. I see that a, a lot with younger specialists that I've worked with. They think that they can technique their way out of a belief issue or a confidence issue. It seems like a lot of kids have... It's just in general, like it seems seems like Americans have a complicated relationship with confidence because when Tom Brady goes out and wins another Super Bowl, we know he's confident. But if he stands up on the podium and he says, yeah, I'm the greatest thing ever. OK, we'd all say, oh, well, he's such a jerk. Um, and I hear that. But like when he's playing, you know that he has to think he's confident. Otherwise, he wouldn't play at that high level. A lot of specialists, I find anyway, they, they kind of teeter and totter between not wanting to uh, appear arrogant, uh, but at the same time, like, I guess, how do you have your 
uh, athletes that you work with balance that fine line between being confident versus uh, arrogant. And it's a very blurry kind of murky place. And I guess it's different for everybody, but how have you helped your players navigate that line? Your confidence and your competence, but you can only perform to the level of your belief system. Your competence is what you do. Your confidence is how you do it. When you step on the field, you have to turn the switch on. And if you don't believe that you are the best in the world, and again, you've already made the kick on the sidelines, uh, John Wooden, when he coached at UCLA, the practices for him were intense, but the games he sat there, paper folding his hands and didn't really do much because all the work was done. If an athlete in a game isn't feeling it, it's because they didn't challenge themselves during the week. And again, you're emotionally attached to, oh, it's just practice, therefore it doesn't matter. And then, oh, it's just a game. Now I have to kick the ball as hard as I can, or I have to do something. You, you don't differentiate between practice and games, between short field goals and long field goals, between an 80 degree day or a 30 degree day, there is no, you might adjust your steps, but there's no emotional adjusting. There shouldn't be for if you're kicking by yourself or you're kicking in front of a national television audience because it's you and the ball. It's, it's you, you've, established your timing you you've done everything to get there and that's the time to just like you said enjoy it that's why they call it a game right um i don't know if you ever read any of his stuff dr bob rutella he uh, wrote golf's not a game of perfect he said that uh <laughs> he said that um you know as a as i was a punter and he, he used to say listen nobody paid to see the kicker play except their mom probably <laughs> so it's almost like this reminder to just kind of relax. Um, do you find, and, and you've used the term when I've said kicker, you've responded and said athlete a couple of times. Um, and that's something that you also said quite a bit in the book, a few seconds of panic. Um, now for those of you listening, uh, this book came out, I think it was like 2000, oh, 2007 or something like that. Um, long story short, wall street journal reporter goes to, Denver Broncos uh, preseason as a uh, backup kicker to write about his experiences. He links up with uh, coach Paul Woodside, who's here today with us, who teaches him how to kick. Um, and in the, when he's, when you're working with uh, uh, Stephen, you define what an athlete is for him, which is a little bit different than how most coaches might define it. Uh, so tell us and people listening, how do you define what it, what an athlete is and how did you come to that definition? An, an, an athlete versus a kicker is you're going to have, I guess, I don't know, a noun or an adjective. Um, one of the things, obviously I don't have the size of the other players on the team and most place kickers do not. 
but one of the things I wanted to show back in the day when I was playing is I couldn't lift the weights that the other my teammates could but what I would do is I would run the stadium stairs for two hours at a time straight whether it was November 20 degrees whatever it was because I wanted to show them where the rest of the place kickers would leave practice early go sit in the sauna do something like that is I wanted to show them that I can't do what you can do but I can do what I can do and so an athlete has to do what is expected when it when it is when it is expected and so I I tell all the place kickers anytime any field under any conditions it's not a matter of being ready but you're being trained to be successful so the stop loss of putting yourself into a being a kicker um, by that definition you're missing it because if it's about capacity you're treating the position as a destination rather than the continual growth aka books your physical training questioning yourself that with all the athletes that I work with, if their their best kick one year will be their worst kick next year. Because if they're not growing, then that can, yes, it can be an athletic issue, but it can also be a drill work issue. It can be a trust issue. And that's that's the, that's the part of you're an athlete first. Hmm. Gotcha. And if you talk to, I'm sure in your experiences, when you've talked to college coaches, they're always going to say they prefer an athlete who happens to kick, who happens to punt, who happens to snap versus a kicker who just kicks or a punter who just punts. Um, can you talk about the, maybe some common mistakes you find high school or college coaches make when they're coaching their kickers. And I mean, for the, <laughs> to zoom out a little bit there, obviously, you know, there's a bit of a misconception with kickers be, and, and coaches. The common phrase you hear from a lot of high school kickers is all oh, my coach hates me, blah, blah, blah. I mean, really uh, that's not the case. It's just coaches have a very limited bandwidth to pay attention to the kickers and there's a lot of well-intentioned coaches out there who are just aren't sure how they're supposed to help their kicker out um so some opt to almost do nothing and let the kickers do their own thing um i guess i'm curious from your experience um what are some common mistakes that coaches make when they deal with kickers and then what advice might you have to high school or college coaches who might not know a lot about kicking, but they want to help their kickers out? The, that's a great question. <laughs> um, but for, we'll start with high school. The, the biggest, the biggest, I'm going to want a, I'm going to want an athlete. And one of the first things I do with them is leadership. 
And so when I have camps is the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to get them to talk in front of everybody else. I'm going to get them, I'm going to teach them, train them the skill, the drill, so on and so forth. And then I'm going to get them to train another kicker. The reason, one of the reasons I do that is I'm going to see what they retain because when they're away from me and they go off to college, if they can't teach somebody, then they're not retaining what I'm teaching. So the leadership is the very first thing. The high school kicker, the college kicker, one of the biggest mistakes technically is that they lift their head up prematurely. And when you lift your head up, you're throwing out your shoulders, you're throwing out your hips, and therefore the ball flight is gonna be compromised. So the high school athlete to the high school coach, the leadership aspect of it is there are, yes, I've had numerous high school coaches that don't like kickers and would like to see the football, the game of football without kicking. And it'll be fourth and 17 from the 18 yard line on the other team's field and they'll go for it. They won't let them kick a field goal. And what I tell them is you have to understand that what's going on now is preparing you for the same thing that's gonna happen when you get to college. And every single time, sure enough, the exact same thing happens, but you outwork, you don't outwork just the other kickers, you outwork your adversity. And this is where the leadership comes in of you ask the coaches questions, but then let them see you work. The problem is you've had so many kickers that will literally waste time or a lot of high school, high schools in the state, soccer is played in the fall. And so they're not at the football practices so on and so forth. So I'm gonna tell them that the leadership that Yes, he is the coach, you respect his authority, you respect his position, but if after the season is over and the footballs are stored in a, in a storage closet, you ask to borrow five of them that you can use them throughout the year to kick. And it's the little seeds that you're planting. And I'm a huge advocate for seeds. The drill work that you do, it's seeds and the harvest time will happen when your skill is to a point. So if you have a problem with your high school coach, the problem actually isn't with your high school coach, the problem is actually with you. And that takes, they might get mad at me and I've had that happen. You don't understand, yes I do. Do you wanna kick? Yes, I wanna kick. Do you wanna kick in college? Yes, I wanna kick in college. Well, this is part of your training your training extends, this isn't a, understand kicking is a people business <laughs> and you might have a bad boss, quote unquote, later in life. And so when you're learning how to deal with people, you're learning how to take yourself, be it your ego, your pride out of it. And if they ask you to run suicides with the wide receivers, do it. 
whatever they ask you to do, do more. And that way, what you're doing is you're establishing standards that nobody can argue with. So it, it's not a popular answer, but it's actually one of those life kind of answers. When it comes to college, the college coaches, their biggest problem, and I, I understand that, is they just don't have time. They might have a special teams coach that works with schemes, but rarely do you have anybody with any knowledge with kicking and punting. So what they'll do is they're going to go out and get a star ranked kicker. And while that star ranked kicker might be able to kick a ball in shorts or even have some success in games, the more questions as a coach that you ask, the closer you get to the truth. And one of the things I say is, is, is a swing that can't be tested is a swing that can't be trusted. And the coaches will take somebody because so-and-so wants to scholarship some, so we're going to scholarship them. The, that's the induction to college football. But then once they're there, the biggest culprit to destroy a kicker is actually the strength coach. And I've seen this and I'm talking major, major programs because again, the kicker might have a reputation of not working. And I've had guys that have, again, I'm, I'm all about habits. And so if you get these kids in high school that in ha to establish habits about working, they'll do it in college but you don't need a place kicker to deadlift 400 pounds and rip their back out or do squats because it becomes the strength coach thinks that, oh, I'm not going to let anybody get away with anything. No, you have to alter up your exercises. I'm all about work, but when you're doing heavy work for somebody that obviously when you lift weights, you're shortening the muscles. And what you're dealing with is fast twitch and explosiveness and functionality. And so you have to tailor a lot of their training to a little bit on the order of basketball players. Or um, I tell all my high school kids now to run hurdles in, on their high school track team which is a little bit odd and I, but every single one of them has, that has done that has added 20 to 25 yards on their kicks because you're talking knee drive, mechanization of movements, so on and so forth. And so the biggest culprit to destroy a kicker's physicality in college, I hate to say it, is a strength coach that can't vary the workout. Yeah, and I think that that's, you know, that's also echoed by um, John Carney um, out in San Diego. He's done a lot of strength and conditioning work as well. Um, and he kind of echoed that as in a similar way, you know, who everybody likes to bang weights around and everybody wants to have biceps, but you need to do it. In, and, and certainly every NFL kicker is a great athlete. Um, sure. But, but you have to think like, okay, what is going to help me hit the ball high, far, and straight versus what is just the strength coach's vanity. Um, 
and it's a tough position because as a kicker, you're, you're like right next to the, the equipment manager in terms of the, the totem pole and the, and yes. the football hierarchy. Sure. Um, to, to go back to your point of, uh, to have, uh, you know, to being of, of leadership. I did a, one of these podcasts with, uh, Randy Brown, who's the special teams assistant over at the Ravens works with Justin Tucker. Obviously he has some great guys he works with. Um, and he had a great line when he was talking about high school kids and he said, you are responsible for developing your snapper and your holder. Yep. You do that for your head coach. It's almost as if you are kickers, whether you like it or not in high school, you are the special teams assistant coach. And the and coaches love team players and you have to really work at being a team player if you're there to be perceived as one as a kicker because you, the deck is already stacked against you. There was just a, a kid that I had worked with or I knew from a while ago. Um, he was a punter at TC, a punter at TCU right now. And uh, he was a backup punter for a while. Saw a little bit of time. Um, just got this, uh, just got a scholarship this year, but he to kind of, you know, one, he didn't want to be bored, but two, just to like get to know the coaches better. He like volunteered to be scout wide receiver on, on the offense the whole year. So, you know, while the other punters and kickers are relaxing, like he's out there, you know, earning some credibility with the coaches that like, if you ever need it, you can try to cash in. Um, do you, and I think like what you said, <laughs> it's not a coach problem. It's a you problem. And even if it is a coach problem, it's especially a you problem now because you kind of have to figure it out. Do you find that you're teaching more people skills than kicking sometimes? Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the, the easiest thing to do is do drill work and knee drive and hip rotation and get down the field and land on your kicking foot on kickoffs, keep your shoulders back, separate your upper body from lower body. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this the sooner that you can get them to understand that their foundation, this is where it gets into the being and doing. And especially the males are caught up by the, that my being is based upon my doing. No, that's, that's, a, that's a trap. It's if you can get the being done and which, I mean, it's a never ending lifelong task, but if you can get to understand early and that's the habits that, why are you doing something? Well, I wanna, I wanna do this because I wanna, I wanna play college football, okay? But break it down into, I tell them all the time, you don't put a fork in a steak and put the whole steak in your mouth you cut off a bite at a time, okay? They're treating everything as a destination of, well, if I get to college football, then everything will be good. And I'm teaching excellence. And that's that's the part of, um, heard a line, used it yesterday in a tweet about greatness isn't achieved, it's demonstrated. But I'm, I, I'm not a big fan of social media of telling the world how wonderful that you are. Um, that's the only thing it's good for. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's it, it's if you can get them to understand that it's the details 
when nobody's watching, it's the process. I'm doing a sheet for an upcoming camp, the progress of the process and that it, if you are emotionally attached to other people's adoration of you, then you have a problem of needing their approval because then that becomes a drug and there's a huge problem with that. So you do your drills in silence. When Sean White, the Olympic snowboarder, he trains in private. He, he trains alone because he, yeah, it's not a matter of showing what other people, what you're doing in front of other people, but he's going into his world because he understands that excellence, mastery of skill, whatever you want to call it, it is, is done in private, it's done in silence. And this is where you have kickers that go to these camps and they look and they compare themselves to other kickers and they're missing it because it's not about them. Your skill development is about you challenging yourself and having a, an uncomfortableness I tell all of them that everything that you do has an expiration date on it, like a gallon of milk. Great. I had one kid, he kicked four field goals in a high school game, 50 yarder. And then on Saturday morning, I went by a 7-Eleven, got a newspaper and a book of matches, went, went to his house, went out in the front. And I said, okay, you light it, light the sports page. I said, it's done. I, I said, I, your parents can make a scrapbook for you, but it, you're only as good as your next kick not your last one. And, and that's the part, it, it's everything is so tailored to, I'm building a resume and my huddle tape and this and this, and they're gonna shortchange the details, shortchange the process just to get what they think is attention to be the latest, latest thing down the pipe and, and excellence and, your potential is actually, you're just passing through high school. You're just passing through college. You're just passing through the NFL. It, it's Tom Brady is Tom Brady because yeah, it was an ego hit for him to be drafted in the sixth round, but you become a college kicker when you're still in high school. That's what I tell all my guys. I said, even though they might redshirt you, I'm, I want you game ready um, before you even get to college. <laughs> I've got one kid going to Iowa State, and, and I said, I want them to redshirt you. He's like, what? I said, no, I want you to be an old senior. And I, I said, you will be game ready. It, when I'm standing at the altar and I'm handing you over to this, this college coach and I give you my last kiss, <laughs> that you're going to be game ready the day you get into camp. It's not something that you well have to work into. No, you're going to be game ready. And if you're not, either you didn't do the work or I didn't prepare you. And I know that I prepared you. I would say you are, if, if kicking were like a priesthood, you would definitely be one of the Cardinals. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it'd be like you and John Carney and maybe a couple others. Um, but you, you've definitely thought about it. And I think you see it as more 
you have a very robust philosophy. It, it's almost like, uh, you know, if you tune in halfway through the podcast, you wouldn't think we were talking about kicking. You think we we're just talking about life. Um, what is it about kicking or what, what does kicking teach a kid in 2021 that they're not going to be able to learn anywhere else, even at another position in football? From the inside out. Um, it just, everything, my business model, if you will, is going to be from the inside out. That's, that's the way that God loves us. Um, we are not one of many, we're one of one. And when you understand your uniqueness and specificity, even if you don't kick in college, even if it's, even if it's just in high school, that At the end of the day, when you know you've done the best that you could do, it doesn't matter how much talent that you there, it, that's there, that you've mined it, that you've challenged yourself, and the short window that you and I have working with athletes. Um, love the podcast with the Cowboys punter. Hunter. Um, Hunter, yeah, just... Um, because he was actually a great field goal kicker. I didn't realize that was him that was with the Washington uh, XFL team. And, and, and just uh, one of my friends that I work with went down the game and he said he was just an absolute stud. He was killing the ball. Um, and he understands what he said, just an audience of one, but people don't pay for mediocrity and I'll, I'll ask them, I'll say, what's your favorite restaurant? What's your least favorite restaurant? And I'll go to foods. The older I get, the more questions that I ask them because I have to connect with them before I can get them to connect to the, to the skill that I, I tell them, I'm not teaching you kicking. I'm training your mind. You, you become your own coach. If, if I can get them to understand that, I, I don't want to use the term power, but the, that their greatest gift is their courage. And even though they might not feel courageous, but the first person you lead is you, the first person you demonstrate courage with is you. And don't be conditioned by your environment. Don't be conditioned by the other athletes, by the team that's don't let that don't let anyone take you down or compromise you courage is the master virtue from which all of the virtues stem yeah, absolutely don't know who, i don't know who said that but i think that is a pretty appropriate and i think um yeah it, it's like you're not real. i mean kicking is just kind of the the activity but what you're really doing is you're developing young people to <laughs> to be better versions of themselves and kicking is just kind of the metaphor you used through which to do it. Um, I guess I'm curious, do you have a, um, man, you've worked with probably a ton of athletes, but do you have a particular athlete who stands out as maybe a success story in your mind in particular? 
um, well, <laughs> again, it's a funny question because the success aspect of it is the ability to face yourself. Um, had and I didn't, I personally didn't understand that I should have been afraid back in college because I didn't, I didn't learn it. And it's so funny how fear is conditioned into so much of society now that the, the expression, you don't know what you don't know. Mm. And, and so I, I've been fortunate to work with a lot of great, great athletes, but great people, some that, that have never gone on to have great kicking success, but they've gone on to have great life success. Um, and uh, I think I sent you an email of some of the quote unquote success stories. Um, yeah. The Carolina Panthers kicker, um, he lost his brother to Joey Sly. Leukemia, yeah. Um, and, and that part of it where it, it's, a, he's your brother, but the, his high school field is named after him and not Joey, but his brother. And so those two were best friends because they're, they're a year apart in age. And that part of it to see to see what he's been able to do with that. Um, I have a, another one, um, Chris Blewett, who I've actually known for over half of his life. I started working with him at age 12. He's in the area. And again, he's gone through a lot of personal challenges, life challenges. He's gone out to Jamie Cole's free agent camp and has won it the last two years. He's gone out to Zahner's camp, done extremely well. The Browns brought him in, but they're, he was with the Bears last year, but not in their fall camp. There's spring camp. And so it's kind of that Nick Lowry thing. Okay, I'm 25 years old. There's a new class coming in should I hang it up and but yet when he's in high school he's doing 90 yard kickoffs um and it, it, it's this thing of when you hit rock bottom and then all of a sudden as a matter of fact what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you a thing on adversity and transformational change it will put in the show notes page and that part of it is it's what doesn't appear in a stat sheet <laughs> <laughs> and those i mean those those are those are two the other one that was a kid by the name of tyler durbin who went to 
James Madison down here to play soccer. And after a couple of years, the soccer coach, he said, there was a double standard for the European players versus the American players. So I said, I'm done. He comes up and he says, um, at the high school that I used to coach, he said, I, you know, somebody said that you teach kicking. And so never kicked before he's six, five, so on and so forth. And he, and the first thing I do is, is I put something out in front of them to run to. And I said, okay, where do you want to go to school? And he says, engineering, I want to go to Virginia Tech. But Joey was down there. I said, pick another school. And he said, Ohio State. I said, okay. They just won the national title. He's never kicked before, so on and so forth. He goes to Ohio State. He starts. Mm. He kicks 11 extra points in his first college game. Urban Meyer says, I don't know who the H that was. I don't even know his name, but he's the kicker. <laughs> and so he, he didn't know that he should have been afraid. He was sending me pictures the first day he got his shoulder pads. First day he got his helmet. First, I mean, all, everything was a day of firsts. And he was a little kid in a candy store. It, it, it's, it's those things that are hilarious. And they can, I mean, not obviously some of the situations, but it's, it's those things that are the most redeeming in what you do because it's you can say it's private but those guys are having life memories on something that people could care less about but if they only knew that who it was that stepped out on the field that did what they did that the backstory of it that's what's that's what's cool so i mean i i have it with each with the hundreds probably well over a thousand athletes that I've, I've worked with each one of them i make sure that i have a connection that they know obviously first and foremost that god loved them god loves them that regardless of how long they're going to do it any and everything they do is going to be worth their while Here's the out. Thanks for listening to the Coach Cahill Show. If you found today's show inspiring or helpful, please write us a review on Apple Podcasts or share the show with a friend. Reviews and ratings are what help us continually attract interesting and engaging guests like the one you heard today. Remember, referrals are the best compliment.